Today, you are going to be hearing a sermon from one of our ministers here on staff. We hope this word blesses you, and remember that we love and appreciate your time here. Now, let's hear what the Lord has for you today. It's kind of contagious because in my block, we got a, you know, a lot of guys that like, I ain't going to put nothing up if he don't put nothing up. And as soon as someone does it, they're like, darn it, man, now I got to go put lights up. And then, you know, and then it starts, it starts snowballing and, and it looks good. It, it's, it's good to see, man. Kids today, man, I love these uh, Alpha on the Shelf, uh, these little, oh, I love those, the, the tricks these, that little critter does. Amen. I told my daughter, when we were kids, we didn't have Elf on the Shelf. Amen. We had Belt on the Shelf. Amen. (laughs) Christmas will get canceled like that. You act up. Amen. Well, this evening, I have the honor of ministering. And, uh, you know, it was was one of those, I I don't know, back in last month, right after uh, Thanksgiving, uh, somebody sent out a like a, a text, you know, uh, starting the 1st of December, you read a chapter of Luke for every day. There's 24 chapters in Luke, and it tells you the story on the reason on, on Jesus on why we celebrate. But it started off, and so, you know, I, I sent it out to my friends and family and stuff like that, and, you know, everyone says they're going to do it. But to commit to it, every day you read a chapter for, for 24 days. But on Friday, I remember I was ready to turn in, and I said, man, you know what? I didn't read chapter 8 today. So you know what? I was laying there on my bed. I opened up my Bible, and I read it, and boom, God gave me a word. And I got excited, so I just busted out my notes, and I just started writing. I, I, I think I turned in like at 2.30 in the morning, but it, it, it inspired me. So I titled this message, Who Touched Me? Who touched me? I mean, if you ever had those moments where you've been in a large crowd and it is just like, you know, you're, you're walking and you're trying to navigate, say, say for instance, Disneyland, and it is so congested, it's so, man, it's like they oversold tickets that day. And you're trying to walk and, and get to this ride and that, that area or, you know, make your way to the shops or something. But it, it's almost impossible not to bump into somebody. And so it got me thinking when I was reading this chapter, when I came to the, to the end of the chapter, that's when it started to open up to me. And I started to realize of a person who was desperate persistent. And sometimes we need to get like that. Sometimes we need to be a little, not so easy to quit or not so easy to throw in the towel when things get hard. But we say, you know what? I'm going to press through. I don't see it happening, but I am going to continue to do what I know to do. And it's the right thing to do. And you can never be wrong by doing what God has told you to do. God will never steer you wrong. He will always give you the right path. 
Amen. You have your Bibles, turn to the book of Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. I'm that individual that I don't like to be in crowded places. If I go into Costco's or I go into a, a, a store or something and I see that it's over, I'll leave. Or sometimes you, you'll, I'll, I'll, I'll walk along the, the wall because I, I, it's, just, it's just so congested. And, and, and when, I, when I came across this chapter, I, I, I had this in mind. Luke chapter 8, verses 43, it reads this. It says, Now a woman, having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, somebody touched me, for I perceived power going out from me, out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, and she declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. Pray with me tonight. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this evening. Father, for those who are here tonight, Lord. Father, those who are watching us live on stream, Father. Father, I thank you, Father, for this opportunity, Lord God, to be used, Lord, to minister your word. Father, that hearts are receptive, that hearts are open, Father God, to hear your voice, Lord God. And Father God, that you would show us, Lord God, what it is that we, as your people, Lord God, need to do. Father, I'm grateful. I give you the honor, the glory, and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Who touched me? How is that true? See, after all, he had to have felt all the people touching him, brushing up against him as he's making his way through that town. And in that moment, yet one person touched him and received something from him. What made this one touch different from all the rest in this story? It was a lady who touched him, and from that act of faith, Jesus touched her back. See, you see, this lady believed that when she touched him, that she would receive from him. That she was going to go because the Bible says that she had spent all that she had, every penny that she had on seeking a healing. Doctors did not have an answer for her. And I like the fact that Luke documents this as a physician, as a disciple. So when he's bringing it to the, to the point that she was at a, at a place in her life where she was desperate to the point where look at everyone that I sought out could not help me. But I heard about this man, Jesus. I heard about this man that if I just go and touch him, 
that I would be healed. That she had a mind, that she had a heart that says, I am going to go expecting, expecting. See, have you ever come into the house of God expecting? Have you ever been desperate enough to, to say, cry out to God, say, God, I need to hear from you. God, I need you to touch me back. Because sometimes we hear that voice that tells us that we're wasting our time. That you know what, you're just praying prayers that ain't taking you nowhere. You're going nowhere. But part of the lesson is, is the process that God is bringing you to a point where you could have faith enough to say, God, I need you to touch me back. I need that. And see, this is where she was. She had no more money. She went from the doctor to doctor and all those that, that, that she thought who could bring her to a place of, of, of answers were, what, this is what is wrong with you. This is what it, uh, needs to be done in your life. But she, was, she wasn't getting the answers. See, you and I this evening have come to uh, uh, points in our walk with God where we say, God, I don't know where to go from here. I don't know what it is that you want me to do. Uh, is it, is it uh, go to this city, God, or is it, you know what, uh, take on that ministry, or, or, or should I just take on that job, or what is it that I need to do, God? But the thing that she did was is that she knew that she had to make it. See, by Levitical law, she wasn't allowed to be out in public. She was taking a chance. See, sometimes when you're desperate, you'll make desperate moves. Yes. Hallelujah. You'll, you'll do what God tells you to do, even though it doesn't appear to be right. Are you sure, God? Seven times dip in the pool. This is a pretty filthy pool. There are cleaner pools in my city. But God says no. See, God could have did it at one dip. Seven? See, sometimes God tells you to do, look, I want you to go share with that person and let them know that I love them. Are you sure, God? They don't look too happy. They look like they got it all together. You never know what a person is contemplating. You never know what a person is thinking or what a person is feeling. Sometimes that act of kindness, that act of love, reaching out to them and showing them Jesus is all they needed to hear. So this woman has a dilemma on her. Do I risk being jailed for stepping out? I'm unclean. Do I go against the law? And do I follow my heart and seek after Jesus? You see, the Bible says that she didn't even approach Jesus. But her faith told her that if you just touch the hem of his garment, that you will be healed. And that she did. One person touched him and received something from him. What made this one touch different from all the rest 
in this story. Because I got to tell you, in that village, in that town, there was many, there was multitude, there was a celebration taking place. So there was many, many people. It was the lady who touched him, and from that act of faith, Jesus touched her back. So you see, this lady believed that when she touched him, she would receive from him. See, the fascinating thing about this is because not every touch receives something from him. Many times we could come into the house of God and we're not, we're not here. We're here, but we're not here. We're in his presence, but we're not touching him. We're not reaching for him. We're not engaging with him. We're not, we're not seeking him. Deuteronomy in, in Jeremiah says it so that when you seek him with all your heart, he will let you find him. So when we come with that attitude, say, God, you know what, God? I need to touch you. I need to be in your presence. I need to feel you. Yes. And that is the act of faith that sometimes we need. See, it's the season. This season is a season of hope, but it could also be a season of despair. I've talked with a few people over the last few days, and the holidays are not good for them. They're not. And memories get surfaced, and just something as simple as putting a tree up, or shopping, or hearing a song. Sometimes it's just a Christmas song. And it takes you back. And that likes to hover over you. And see, we came out of a lot the last few years. A lot of us here lost loved ones. I lost four. And I know sometimes just to get back up. Sometimes just to, just to just, you know, say, you know what, I, I have to go on. I have to continue on. That there is a struggle. That there is a challenge. But I believe that as we garner our, our, our thoughts, as we, as we plant ourselves and we continue to press forward, I believe that God just brings an encouragement to us and that we're able to lift one another up and we could just be an encouragement to other people. And you say, you know what, it's good to see you, brother. It's good to call them up. Let them know that you're thinking about them. Send them a card. Uh, send them a wish. Send them a text. Send them something. Invite them to church. You'd be surprised how many people are waiting just to be called, to be invited. Just to be invited. It's a, it's a great thing that, that we have this responsibility and also this, this privilege of just saying, you know, being able to share the gospel. Share the gospel at this time of season. So this woman believed that when she touched him that she was going to receive something from him. See, this speaks to expectation. And one thing that we must understand about expectation is that expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. For miracles. I heard this story about a chief of a tribe in Africa. And they were having a season of drought. Hadn't had rain for so long. And that a missionary came through. And the missionary said, we must have faith. We're going to come together tonight. We're going to meet and we're going to pray that the Lord opens up the, the heavens and pours out rain. Hallelujah. As the people went home, 
As they all started walking back, the missionary noticed one thing. Everyone that was showing up to that meeting, but there was a little boy who came with an umbrella. We need that kind of faith. We need to know that when we pray for something, it's going to happen. See, if you can't see it before you see it, you'll never see it. If you can't see God saving your loved one, if you can't see God opening that door, you will never see it. See, we need to walk in knowing that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. That we say, you know what, God, you said that so shall my household be saved. God, I'm standing on that, God. God, I'm praying for my family. I know right now it looks a little crazy and they're a little off, but I know, God, that you are going to open their hearts and you're going to touch them. And one day, one sweet day, they're going to be sitting in the house of God. It might not be this church. It might not be this church. It might be another church in another city, but God is going faithful and he's going to touch them. And that's what we need to believe. We need to say, God, I know you have a plan. I know you have a purpose. See, oftentimes in this time of season, we tend to lose the purpose. We need to lose it. We need to say, you know what, God? I need to stir myself up. You know how you stir yourself up? You get on your knees. You get on your knees and fight because the devil's not going to give up. He is not going to give up. He will fight you tooth and nail. But when God's people stand up, when God's people get together and link arms and say, you know what, God, we are going to fight. We are going to press in. I am not going to give up. I'm going to be stubborn because I'm going to go and get mine. See, we can't be so laid back to the point where we see other people passing us up. I love to see new converts on fire. I love it because that tells me that they're growing. That they're progressing. They're going to where God wants them to go. They can't stay stumps forever. They got to grow. And this is a church where you're going to grow or you're going to get left behind. See, every message that comes across this pulpit is for our benefit. Is that we are able to receive it. We can never get to a point where you say, oh, I heard that before. I've heard that before. I've heard that. But what have you done with it? What have we done with it? Have I applied it? Have I said, you know what, God, that is me? God, I want to I change. I don't want to be like that no more. And that's where progress starts to take place and growth starts to take place. See, you could be doing something for many, many years. Don't mean you're doing it right. Don't mean it. So we apply ourselves and say, God, that is me. God, I want to be that individual that continues to grow expectation see when you're when our expectation is alive it speaks to our faith being alive too expecting expecting hebrews 11 1 says this it says now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen we hope for it we have an expectation for it we, we believe for it. I don't see it, but I'm believing in it. I'm believing it. I love the story that I've said, shared with you many times about an individual here in our, in our church. His mother was a strong woman of God. She had held Bible studies at her house. And even though her children weren't serving God at the time, her faith and her hope was is that one day they would. 
One day they would be in the house of God worshiping, the God that she served. And she didn't get to see that happen. She went on to be with the Lord. But now her family is coming into the house of God. She's got children and she's got grandchildren. Now she has great-grandchildren speaking the things of God. See, that is faith. That is faith. And see, these are the seeds that we sow. The, the legacy that we leave behind. See, when I, go, when I get old in my years, I want to know that my grandchildren know that their grandparents serve God. Their parents serve God. Their grandparents spoke about Jesus and they get, left us with something to build on. Footprints to follow. See, some of us are here because somebody prayed you in. Somebody took the time to cry out to God for you. Lick it. Your, your, your friends, your homies, your homegirls, whatever, your ride or die, whatever you want to call them, when it gets thick, they'll leave. Yeah, they, will. Yeah. they will leave. They won't visit you in, in the county, put money on your books. What? Exactly. <laughs> but God is faithful. God is faithful. And you know what? When everybody turns their back on you, see, everybody loved you when you were in sin. Oh, they loved you. They loved your misery because you were worse than them. But when you got saved and God turned you around and God started doing something in your life, then, then they started turning on you. Now you're too good for us. It's not that you're too good for them. You don't got time for nonsense. Amen. That God woke me up. God turned me around. God gave me a new heart, a new mind. Now I have a new purpose in life. Hallelujah. I used to wake up. You used to wake up thinking, man, what am I going to do today? Who am I going to rob? Uh, where am I going to get my next high at all these things? But now you wake up and say, you know what? I got a job to go to. I got a Bible study tonight. I got to prepare. I'm preaching on this day. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be on church on this. I'm going to be at the event on Saturday. I'm going to be on church on Sunday. You have a plan and a purpose. Yeah. Because God gave you a new direction, and he gave you a hope. This is the hope that they speak of oftentimes is that we know that we have things to look forward to. Hebrews 11:6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. See, many followers have a low expectation because of what happened or did not happen for them. Man, God, I prayed, and it didn't happen. So what happens? We stop. And we say, you know what? Maybe I'm not called. Maybe I called myself. It seemed good. The conference was on, man, and they said, who's here? And I raised my hand. What was I thinking? Right? What was I thinking? And it doesn't go the way you thought it was going to go. So we start to question it. And we have a low expectation. See, from this position, we navigate an abundance of feelings that can slowly erode at our expectations down to nothing. Because something bad has happened, it starts to 
erode at what our expectation is, is because at first we were on fire. God, I'm going to do this. And God, I want to be used to do this. And God, I know you're going to open a door to do this. And when it doesn't happen when we want it to happen, right. see, God, is, God can't just give it to us when we want it. Amen. You got to go through some things. Yes, you got to go through some, some, some trials and some heat. You know what, I, I have a, a wrench set. When I was a, a young guy, I worked for McDonnell Douglas as an airframe mechanic. And a lot of my tools were snap-on tools, good tools. You're a mechanic, you, you know tools, those are good tools. But one of the things that they're known for is that they're forged in the fire. They're strengthened. And as you get kids, your tools start to disappear. You'll be mowing the lawn, and all of a sudden, you're like, and one of your wrenches there. So I get another tool, and it's a same 516th open-end wrench. And I just looked at it, and it didn't look strong, so I got it, and I bent it. Because it wasn't strengthened. See, a tool that has been forged in the fire, a tool that has been heat-treated, is a tool that's usable in the hand of someone who knows what they're doing. And see, the reason you're going through these trials, the reasons that you're having uh, obstacles, and the reason why God is stripping things away from you is because he's getting ready for your breakthrough. God is preparing you for something good. Something good. And you know, sometimes we're at the brink of a breakthrough and God is just saying, just a little bit longer, just a little bit longer. But I've seen people walk away right when they're at the edge of it. Right at the edge of it. See, the Israelites, when they faced the Red Sea, it wasn't open already. Some commentary said that they had to walk into the sea. And when they started to walk into the sea, then it started to part. See, God is going to take you through the trial, and it's going to start to be clear to you why you are going through that trial. Why is it? Because it's developing you as a man and a woman of God. Yes. That is strengthening your character. Come on. You're developing an integrity about you. Yes. See, when we come in first, then we have this, this idea of what we want to do and how we want to do it. And then God takes you all around. See, when, when I first came in, I didn't have no desire to minister the gospel. None. I just wanted to serve God. I just wanted to go to heaven. Amen. And there's a lot of us here like that. We just want to get into heaven. You don't have no ambitions of wanting to do anything. But when God starts to speak to you, it be, starts to become clear and it starts to unfold. So God didn't take me from that vision and that desire to behind the pulpit. No, he took me to the children's department. Yes, and I remember when we first started, there was another individual there. He, like, he came and he said, you know what, I... I I preach to, to, to adults. Why am I here with the kids? Because that's where God wanted us. See, there was a reason behind it. There was a reason. Because pastor said, Anthony, if you could preach to the kids, you could preach to anybody. Try to get their attention. Try to minister to them. Try to love them. And I had some crazy kids. They're all here still. Praise God. They're all here. Some of them are up here. Some of them are in the media. Some of them are doing great things in the children's department. They're here. 
and, I, and, and, I'm, and I'm grateful for the opportunity that God gave me and my wife to work with them. But that was the training ground. It was where I was going to be developed. I mean, because sometimes you just want to like, man, ooh, please don't say another word. Please. You know? And the lessons that we learned. I remember one, this one time I brought a, a, telescope, a, a microscope. And I remember, I, I ain't going to say your name. But I put it there and I said, I'm going to step out for a minute to go get some snacks. I don't want nobody to touch this. Nobody touch it. But that is like telling them to touch it. Right? But what they didn't know is that I put mascara around it. I walked out and I came back in and one kid had black circles under his eye. It was too tempting. And so that lesson of that day was the tree. Don't eat the apple. But these were all the moments in my life where God was able to show me, look, love them, teach them, let them develop. Because we all grew at the same, we were all growing at the same. God, God was teaching me and my wife stuff. God was teaching them stuff. And, and the lesson is, is that they're still here. They're still here. Because at some point in time, our, 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 our objective is not to coddle you around and baby you into the kingdom of God, but it's to teach you to, to stand on your own two feet, to teach you to come to, you know what? Strength comes at the altar. Strength comes on your knees. Strength comes from developing and getting the word of God into your life. These are the things that we, is taught to us so we could develop as believers and be strong in the things of God, that we're not easily swayed by the trials that come. That we're not easily offended, that we're not, because we develop a thick skin where we say, you know what, I'm not going to let that bother me. Devil, I'm not going to let you get in my head. Devil, I bind and rebuke you. I'm going to just shake it off and continue on walking in the things of God. And this is how we develop. One person said this, expectations has brought me disappointment. Disappointment has brought me wisdom. Acceptance, gratitude, and appreciation have brought me joy and fulfillment. The only way you're going to reach places you've never gone is is if you trust God's direction to do the things you've never done. Challenges, accept them. See, sometimes God challenges us to step out of our comfort zone because it's so comfortable here. If you know beforehand what's going to happen, sometimes we don't want to do it. Man, because if I start getting in my word, if I start witnessing at work, if I start doing all these things that these preachers are telling us to do, man, then the devil's going to start hitting me. Hit him first. Hit him first. Don't wait to get hit. Hit him first. Attack. Be on the aggressive. Be on, the, be on your feet. Continue to bomb heaven. It starts when you wake up. Amen. The choice you have. Put on worship music. Put on worship music. Yeah. Alexa. <laughs> worship. Volume six. And then you just sit there and start praising God. Yeah. And you start, see, the enemy can't be in the presence of worship. He was a worship leader. And he can't be in the presence of worship to God. His pride got him kicked out. Yes, sir. 
So when the people of God join together and they call out to God and begin to praise God, it drives the enemy crazy. He can't be in there. Can't, it drives him out. Like pastor said, you know what? Open the door and just let him go. Sometimes you just need to just make a stand. Anoint the doors in your house. And just bring in the presence of God. And just let God establish his presence there. And I tell you, you will, be, uh, you will have a joyous walk. See, these are the things that we need to do this holiday season. Is that we need to reach out to people. We need to reach out to our loved ones and just say, you know what, I haven't talked to you in a while. How are you doing? How are you doing? Hey, we're having service on Christmas Eve. Come on out, morning service, and see what happens. Invite a few people, see who shows up. It's, it's a blessing, I tell you, it's a blessing. So when, you, when your expectation is low or non-existent, it speaks to disappointment, frustration, and a lack of hope. And we start losing, and our hope starts to fade. I've been there. I've been there. When you were just so, man, God, move. Heal that person. Touch them. And I say yes until God says no. And he has said no to my prayers. And that individual made it home. But I know one sweet day that I'll see that individual. And that person is in glory. That person is, is, is in the presence of God. And we could, be, we could rejoice in that. See, that's the, that's the thing about the Christian faith is that we have a hope. See, the world has wishful thinking. What do they say? Hope for the best, but expect the worst. I hope for the best and expect the best. Because I know we serve a God who gives the best. And when you give God your best, he gives it right back to you tenfold, hundredfold. And we continue to see the blessings of God today. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 45. See, notice what Jesus said when he said, who touched me? Verse 46, he says, somebody touched me for I perceived power going out from me. One interpretation says virtue, which is another word for power. That When Jesus sensed that somebody reached him, somebody touched him. See, she wasn't about to leave without her, her healing. Because she knew that this Jesus who she heard about, that this was her last hope. And it was her faith that took her there. It was her faith that let her navigate her way through. That she knew that God, I don't want to disturb him. But all I need to do is to touch the hem of his garment. See, if you're holding on to a thread, let it be the garment of Jesus. Let it be. Because we, all of us here, we never know, man, what is tomorrow going to face. I mean, you ever have those moments, man, where everything is going so well? And then there's the opposite, where things are going so bad, it's just like one thing after another, and sometimes you just need to sit there and say, God, when is this going to stop? When is this going to stop? But there's always a reason why. I know some, one person said, God won't give you things that you can't handle. 
And I like the quote from Mother Teresa. She said, I just only wish he didn't trust me so much. Because sometimes I just say, you know what, God, let it stop. Let it stop. Because then you got this individual facing a, a huge medical issue, and you have this person is, is facing a, a, a depression, and this person here, and this person here, and then you hear, you get a phone call about this, and all these things, and it's pulling at you from all these directions. And then sometimes you just say, you know what? I need to direct them to God. Direct them to God. See, rather where I'm with my family, my friends, my church family, or whatever, I never stop being who God called me to be. I always have to show them Jesus. I always have to show them that, you know what, God has called me to this. I'm not better than anyone, than no one. But I have a, I have a faith that God is going to do what he called me to do. And I agree with everyone here that has those needs and has those prayers. Sometimes as, as leaders, you know, things are brought to us and then things are in our family. Our family is huge. We got Northern California and that's going to take off. We got, we got the Southwest. We got the Philippines. We got all these regions where God is doing great things through the Living Word family. But we have that mandate. We have that commission. It wasn't a suggestion. It was a commission. God has called us. He said to go into the world to preach the gospel. Man, you know what the blessing is? Is that we, I believe, are at the end of Bible prophecy. And I know sometimes people don't want to hear that. Because we always think we have more time and we have more plans. But I believe that it's a time for the people of God to come together in agreement, put aside differences. The enemy loves it when the people of God are divided. He loves it. Discouragement comes in. And as people of God, we need to stand behind the leadership. We need to stand behind the vision and be a part of it. 2024 is right around the corner. Let that be the starting ground of what's going to come into the kingdom of God. But let tonight be the decision to say, you know what? I'm going to hold on to hope. I'm not going to let it fade. I'm not going to let what happened to me last week, last month, whatever. I'm not going to take that rebuke to heart. I'm not going to let that bother me. I'm going to just keep my eyes on Jesus. And I'm going to grow. I'm going to get stronger. And I'm going to be a threat to the enemy. I'm going to be that individual that God has called me to be. See, when we start to have that attitude, that's when God starts to move. She touched him. And he touched her back. See, I believe that there are some of us here tonight who need to touch the hem of the garment of Christ. That you've been waiting for an answer. You've been waiting for that door to open.